Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 196 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. I am really excited to introduce today's guest. She just really fit with me a lot, so I get a little bit emotional because there are just so many similarities that I didn't know existed until we started talking. So I'm not going to give any of those away, but just know that she's a really special lady who has put out a pretty amazing book, it sounds like. I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited to read it. So know that you can get that book on Amazon here at the end. I also want to bring up before we get started the upcoming live stream. So that is coming up this Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So this is Monday, June 19th. And in this one, we're talking about unhealthy versus healthy coping strategies. So I haven't had any emails yet of any people saying, this is how I uh, grieved in an unhealthy way. We'll see if anybody wants to put that out there. I will share some of those, but and I'll share them anonymously. So know that I'm not going to give away your secrets. But if you feel like you want to share, please write in before on Monday. And then also just log in, come on, listen on Facebook Live or my YouTube channel or Gwen's Facebook page. And just as we have this conversation with Jamie about healthy coping versus unhealthy coping. Know too that episode 200 is just around the corner. So if you had something that really touched your heart that you want to mention and highlight in that episode, please write to me about that too. I have not started with that yet, so I'm not sure how it's going to go. We'll just say some extra prayers that it goes well, I guess. But know that I would appreciate any emails that you have on that as well. Right now, just sit back and enjoy listening to Linda, Adam's mom. Thank you so much, Linda, for coming on the Always Andy's Mom podcast today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. It feels just meant to be that you are on here now. It's funny because you emailed me that you wanted to come on. And I had two people that kind of canceled, one canceled because she was sick and she had to push it way back, like, I don't know, a long time. And the other one kind of forgot. And then, and now she's rescheduled. But, but at the time I thought, well, this is perfect. This is just like meant to be that you're meant to fill in here this spot. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you. Yeah, God's timing is perfect, isn't it? Yes, yes, very much so. (laughs) So why don't you start out by just telling us about your son, Adam? Mm. Well, I could talk for about four hours if we have time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that kid, after six months, he was a cranky, crabby baby. Uh But after six months, he just melted everyone's heart. Yeah. Cutest dang little kid, and he was smart as a whip. And as he grew up, we got to five years old, we were at church and a gentleman had his own little plane. And so he said, you want to go for a ride, Adam? And Adam said, yes, and got in the plane. And when he got out, his arms wide open and he said, I'm going to be a pilot. Really? And he stopped from that moment on finding everything. And of course, we encouraged him. We did things that we could go to air shows and, you know, talk to pilots. But he, that kid, I mean, he even studied quantum physics. Yeah. With a couple of guys that were about 20 years older than him that understood it. But he just loved flying. He loved it from the moment he got in his plane. So he eventually got his private pilots at 17. And then he, at 19, he started being a teacher. He okay. took up, yeah, and trained him. And he had this great thing he said all the time. He said, everything comes in threes. And that's how we taught him to learn. Yeah. 
of course, his first was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but yeah, he was brilliant. So when his, he got married April 24th, 26th, 24th is his birthday, and met the girl of his life, love of his life. He asked my husband, how do you know when you'll meet the girl? He was so lonely. He was 23, you know, and Mark said, you'll know when you see her. You'll know, and they explained how he saw me. He looked in my eyes, I was 14, and said, I'm going to marry that girl. And so Adam came home one night and he said, "I it happened. Oh my gosh, it happened. A bunch of his buddies had celebrated. One was going to commercial air and they went to a sports bar and he said, he looked up and there she was straight ahead. And he said, mom, she had a turtleneck on and she had this beautiful curly hair and no makeup. Mr. Natural. Yeah. And uh, I went from there. April 26th, they got married. So how long had they dated before they got married? A year, a year, just Uh a year. And she was this lovely girl. Her family was like my family. And that's what Adam wanted. Play cards on Saturday night, you know, have picnics, lots of kids. And I was all for that. So when they got married, everybody just said, what an amazing wedding this is going to be. What an amazing life they're going to have. It's so successful. And they're so in love. And then August 4th came three months later, and Adam was up with his student. He had in a twin engine Beechcraft. And I'd flown in that a week before with him. And then Mm -hmm. weeks before he had flown to North Carolina and back in it and had said there were some problems with it. So he was up with the student. They were going over a main street in in a small town um, in Wisconsin. And they got engine problems. And so he was able to veer off onto a side street, which we heard later was he died as a hero. Um, He could have landed on that main street and lived, but there were cars. All the kids were coming out of high school and it was packed. So he veered over to the next street and he landed on a side street. And he told me, he had always told me, don't worry, mom, I'll always get it down and I'll always get out. And he did that. He got the plane down. A little wing hit a tree and started spilling gasoline. And they came to a stop at a little house on a corner. And Adam was able to get out, but it it was too bad of a fire. He couldn't get away. So he died on August 4th at 3.15. Yeah. And yeah, the trauma for the whole town. I heard they were counseling for six months. It was just a very traumatic way to die. Where was this at? Where, where was the town? This was in New Richmond, Wisconsin. You are not going to believe this. What? I used to live in New Richmond, Wisconsin. Were you there in, in 1997? No, I would have been uh, gone by then, but I I oh. lived there for, for four years. Oh. Went to elementary school there, third to sixth grade. That's so funny because when you said a small town in Wisconsin, I thought, well, it's close to the Twin Cities. Do you know where the Methodist Church was on Main Street? You know, I, I moved oh, away in sixth yeah. grade. I just oh. don't, I, I, you know, I don't remember. I mean, there are things I remember and other things I don't, yeah. but wow, I can't even believe that. That is a small world. And I find the older, yeah. it's smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. When a news station, the, re, the wait, do you want to hear how I found out with that? Yeah. Okay. I was... In the house, I was making barbecued ribs on the on the deck, so I had to go through the family room into the onto the deck. I never had the TV on, and this time I had it on. Mm-hmm. Came up breaking news, flashing, and then it said there's been a plane crash in New Richmond, Wisconsin. We don't know anything yet, and my heart just sank. Two weeks before that, a girl that Adam loved very much, their best friends, came to their sobbing and she said, "Ma." a plane just went down in White Bear Lake. Do you think it's Adam? And I said, no, it's not Adam. This one, I just knew the mom heart. And so Mark came home from work about 15 minutes, 20 minutes later. And I was watching the news. At first it said single engine, one guy. And I knew he was with this student. I didn't know which plane. So that, and that's it. Two people were found. And uh, Mark came in and I told him and he called Wings where Adam worked. And they said, Mr. Triplett, I believe we've lost our son today. And that started it. So at 1030 that night, they finally confirmed it. And a chaplain came to our house and told us. Our house was filled. We must have had 50, 60 people there. It was just wonderful. Our neighbors the next day 
did from the, it was three blocks away, the main street, all the way down, we had a curved street and they lit candles the hallway and made it a runway right to our door. Oh. It, it was just phenomenal, the, the love we had from the people. So his funeral was, at the visitation, they stopped counting at 650. Yeah. He was very loved. The next day at the funeral, they were out in the foyer, they were in the parking lot, and it just happened that was the air show for the St. Paul Airport. And so they had a flyover with the big military planes and the other planes fly right over the church. And the funeral was so phenomenal. Adam was a star trumpet player, star. And he was named uh, number one jazz trumpeter in junior high. So Mm -hmm. he was really cranked it. So we had his music play. Another God moment, somebody found a recording of him playing his trumpet. I thought I had lost it. And we played that. I Believe I Can Fly was a song that Mark was going to give Adam after he got his license. Adam was his instructor. It was just, it was so beautiful. So many people came up. One lady really stands in my mind. Um, Her daughter was a student and she talked about Adam and how when her daughter went up, Adam was so caring and so wonderful. And she said she was going to do a solo. And she said, Adam came running out to the plane and said, wait, 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 before you start. And he took off his gloves and his hat. And he said, it's going to be cold up there. Get these on. So you'd be okay. Another kid was going to interview at Wings. And Adam said, oh, he's the stickler for tie and shirt, right? When you're in the front. And so he took off his shirt and tie and gave it to the kid for the interview. It's just thoughtful. I couldn't count on one hand how many problems he gave us. So that was, um, it was devastating. And I didn't think I could live. When he was gone, we were so close. I mean, I had friends come up and tell me, I knew some of it, but they said everyone that he talked to about getting married, he said, I want to have someone just like my mom. So, yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. He was a good kid, really good kid. Yeah. You know, it. You don't. You don't know this about me because I don't think you've listened to many episodes or anything. But but my son Andy wanted to be a pilot. Oh, yeah. He was just entering the aviation academy. We have a high school here at the airport, and so that's where he was starting his freshman year. Oh. And he would have had his pilot's license by seventeen, because oh. everybody that wants their pilot's license can be a pilot by seventeen at the high school. So yeah. Anyway, this is all very touching to me. Thank you. It's everything's a miracle. And, you know, if he wanted to be a pilot, he had to be a pretty darn good kid because that takes a lot of studying and a lot of don't care about other things. You know, you just focus on what you want. You focus on that goal. And that's what Adam did. Yeah. Always did it with grace. But, um, yeah, good kid. He had to work hard to get good grades and he got good grades. So a big thing was he was in, because he wanted to be a pilot, he got it and said he wanted to be a missionary pilot. And I was, no, mm-mm, no, you're not. I wanted to fly for free. So, <laughs> so so he went to Moody Bible Institute. And it, after the first year, they have a camp in Kentucky where you test out for flying to be a missionary pilot. He passed with flying colors, but they gave everyone an envelope whether they passed or not. And he opened up and said, no. And so he went to the counselor and he said, why? And the counselor said, because your heart is flying the big ones and you're going to go and do what your dream is. And then you can be a sender for the missionaries. Man, I love that idea. And I do too. (laughs) What is that? What's a sender? It's where you commit to giving part of your income to the missionary field. Oh, I see. You support missions. Yeah. And we had somebody in our church that did that, lived very frugally, was very wealthy, but sent missionaries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's just, anyway, he's a good kid, really good kid. I miss him terribly. Yeah. Because now it's been a long time. You said it will be 26 years. August 4th is 26 years. And if you would have told me that in the beginning, I would not have believed it. I would not. Every year, I had a dear friend, Lou, that I met later on. Today is the anniversary of her death, actually. I had a friend that she lost her daughter in a car accident. And so we talked about the rapture. 
<laughs> we yeah. call her Kai at Perkins and we talk about, and we'd say, oh, well, it's going to rain. There's clouds in the sky. It could be a rapture today. And then, it, well, it's my birthday. This would be a great day for the rapture. <laughs> so that's what I lived for. And all of a sudden I'm looking like, what? Almost 26 years? How come? I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It'll be five for me this August. And it's hard to believe that it will be five years. It just doesn't feel just doesn't feel possible. No, right? it, I heard something just the other day. And it was, well, I think it was on your podcast they listened to. The days go slowly, but the years go quick. Yeah. Like another year? Are you kidding me? But those yeah. days sometimes drag really long. Yeah, it's yeah. one step in front of the other to get through it. Yeah, it's just hard to believe I had him for 14 and now he's been gone for five. I just, yeah, like more than a third of his life. It's surreal that a parent has to bury a child. And after yeah. him died, I realized how many there are out there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. A dear gentleman that had gotten Adam to play trumpet for his recital, organ recital at a church, just fell in love with Adam. And so he wrote a beautiful long article for the newspaper in New Richmond, but he also sent us a thousand dollar check and said, I hope that you will pursue Adam's dreams with this. And that's opened the door for a scholarship fund. We hired an attorney. We started what we called Love Never Fails. Uh-huh. Ministries, because Adam did his one sermon in his life and uh, in 95, and he did the whole thing, long sermon on love. And he said, love never fails. I mean, when it never fails, it never fails. And so that's what stuck with us. So we named it Love Never Fails. And what we started doing was we did a scholarship fund at Moody. That didn't work out. So we took it back and we started handing out scholarships for aviation, music, and missionary. Mm-hmm. It came, aviation became the big one. So we've given out a lot of money for that. And we're now closing it. It's drained. But what came from that was our love baskets. When Adam died, our house was filled with people. And they brought things like pastries and coffee and chocolates and just comfort items. I and mean, there were so many things. So we decided to make love baskets and send them to newly graving parents. And oh, wow. I went to Rocky Mountain Chocolate. My sister, my friend Lou gave me a Svorsky star. And another friend had an artist friend that lived in Colorado. She painted a watercolor of perhaps they're not stars, but openings in heaven to let her, that our loved ones let us know they're happy. She painted oh. that. So we that was the front of our greeting card that we put in there. We did comfort items like books and coffee and chocolate and sleepy time tea. And we sent over 2,000. It was just a mama. Really? We did it right on our bed, set them all out. Yeah. And it eventually evolved into a dollar store, gave us baskets or sold us baskets, but they'd order, you know, 50 at a time. And it was such a comfort for us, such a healing comfort. When did you start that? We started that probably, I'm trying to think, let's see, I think it was 2000. So like three years. Okay. So like three years after Adam died Mm -hmm, then? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at first, you know, the techie stuff wasn't really in yet. So I searched obituaries every day and I would call every Uh funeral home and ask them if I could get the address. Most said no. And some got to know me because I took my basket everywhere and they would call me. And here's the, oh yeah, you didn't hear from me, but here's the address, you know, and send them these baskets. And we only had one person send one back that said, I'm not interested because we did this little book that's a a child of God. And it's all from the moment you die. And it's written by the gentleman that um, started the YMCA. Okay. His wife and child were lost at sea. And he wrote this book and there's so much hope in it. It's I've read it a thousand times about from the moment you close your eyes and you open them in heaven and what it's going to be like. And he uses scripture. It's beautiful. So that was in there. Yeah. And it was just, the big part was for me, I needed moms and dads to know that someone gets it. Someone understands because within months, nobody gets it anymore. You know, our our society has taught us, okay, get over it, move on, go back to work. You know, that was sad, but gee whiz, move on. Life is life is good. And we're sitting there stunned 
wondering why in the world, where is everybody? Yeah. And why do they say such, forgive me language, stupid things? Yeah. They do. And it took me a long time to realize that they say those things because they don't know what else to say. Yeah. And they just want to say something most want to say something to help. And so these yeah. things come out of their mouth. They don't even realize what they've said. Yeah. So that's one of my chapters in my book is why do yeah. people say such stupid things? <laughs> people do say really stupid things. That's for sure. They do. Another one is where my friends go. Yeah. I had, well, right after Adam died, I had a, a bestie, bestie friend, Cheryl. And after a month, she kind of quit talking to me. And so we went out to dinner and I, of course, cried during dinner and we went home and I didn't hear from her for a long time. And all of a sudden a friend of hers too, and mine said, Cheryl moved to Texas. What? So I got her address and I sent her a letter and said, why did you do that? And her response was, I didn't know how to handle your sadness. So I thought, well, that's not a best friend. No. They can't handle your sadness. Yeah. But it does happen. Soon after that, I read a book and it said, you'll find friends leave you. They can't handle yeah. it. They'll leave you. But new friends come along. Right. You do. And that's true. I have different friends than I thought I would. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. It makes me sad for the ones that I miss now, but the mm-hmm. ones that I have are so precious. Absolutely. <laughs> They're the ones that understand and support us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I throw it today? Absolutely. So th- the whole reason for everything is my heart has always wanted to tell people what it's like for me and give yeah. them insights, just things that you never, what do I do with their things? Right. Just little bits of advice of what I did and what I've learned from others did. Um, how to see the miracles, just a lot of helpful insights is what I call it. And at the end of, I wrote this book. Well, first I started a novel, a novel, Mm -hmm. a journal for Adam right after he died. And I'd write to him every single night and it might be the same thing over and over, but I just wanted to tell him I missed him. I loved him, what I did during the day, how hard it was. And that eventually came into a book. But we had no idea how to market. So we ended up just giving them away. I still have a whole bunch in my closet. And from that, my husband met a lady. Her name's Cindy McMenon. She's in California and she's a writer. She's written 18 books and public speaker for Christian churches and groups. And um, Mark had sent his book to her and said, can I rewrite this? Will you help me? And he sent a Oh, because he wrote a book too? He did. He did. He sent, so he sent mine along too. And she said, we're in a Zoom meeting. And she said, Mark, your book needs to go to the side right now. And she went like this and held my book to her chest. And she said, Linda, we've got to tell people this story. You've got a lot to share. And from that, 20 months later, I ended up writing this gorgeous book that I'm so proud of. It was a labor of love. Yeah. (laughs) You know, a lot of memories again. I had to go through the journal over and over to trigger things of what I did, what happened, uh, feelings. And yeah, it was tough, but I, I'm so proud because God is so good. He, he, yeah, he got us into a, a beautiful new, we lived in a home. We sold it at peak price, moved into a beautiful um, senior living apartment, bigger than our house. And I was able to have my own office, close the door, write. Uh, it's uh-huh. just, God is good. He's And I know we're on the right track because of that. I've never doubted that's what I need to do. That's my passion is to help moms. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to me that Mark wrote for him, <laughs> wrote to her for him. Did Was it your journal that you yeah. was sent along? Yeah. He sent my journal. And then just on a fourth eye, you know, but his book, his book is more, here's Cindy's theory. You have to pick an audience. There's someone you want to talk to and you have to talk to them like they're a best friend. Like you're sitting across the table having coffee and Marx isn't like that. Marx is more his experiences, what has happened. So the audience is Uh whoever wants to read it. And I, I fought that with Cindy at first. I, she's taken things out of my journal and she said, we're not going to write your journal. What? 
And, but it came out just great. She was a good manager. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was a good man. Wow. I, it reminds me very much of, so my husband had, has a podcast. He has this medical podcast and he's, he doesn't even do very much in it anymore. Mm-hmm. But when Andy died, he was 24 episodes in or something like that. Just, just under 25. I know it's just under 25 because we did the 25th together, him and I telling the story of Andy. But, you know, it was many months after Andy died when I started looking for a podcast on child loss and I couldn't find one. And my audience has heard the story before that I like felt this overwhelming urge like I was supposed to start one. And what's so funny is that Eric tells people all the time, he's like, I started my podcast so that I would know about it when it came time for Marcy to do hers because hers is the one that's important. And as much as he enjoyed doing his podcast, he really, truly feels that he had a fun time doing it, but it wasn't what needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And the one that needed to happen was mine to be for grieving parents and, and helping them and so anyway, it just reminds me very much of of your mark in that he started something for him, but then it turns out it was just sort of a that was a platform to get to what you needed yeah, God, and what you yep, needed. To God opened doors. He opened doors for us. Yeah, things that you would have never done no. on your own. Oh, and I God. never in a million years would have started this podcast had Eric not had his. I mean... It's what made me think, well, he does this podcast and medicine stuff, and I, yeah. I can't really even read a book right now because I'm having such trouble concentrating, but I think maybe I could listen to something. I'm sure I can find something. And then when I couldn't, then, you know, yeah. then it, yeah, you know a need. it caused me to want to do this or think that I should do this. So it's you know, crazy. And Marcy, I know what you're saying, because when I wrote my journal, it was it was a fluke. We had met a good lady at church. Her husband had just died and she was an author and she read my journal because her baby had died. And she said, this needs to be a book. So we made the journal into a book. Where am I going with this? I just forgot. Yeah. But what I found was, and the reason I did it is because when I first, those first couple of years after Adam died, I searched for something. I I devoured books. I couldn't stop reading. I just wanted to find have somebody tell me what to do and what's going to happen and that it's going to be yeah. okay. And there were hardly any. So bless your heart for doing this because I mean, with technology now, it's so wonderful to be able to click on a site and hear someone talk about what you're going through. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it is a blessing. I mean, I just had two people write yesterday, just out of the blue. And it's, just beautiful to hear those yeah. stories and get people to write yeah. and yeah. just because it makes me feel like, yeah, this is worthwhile. It is worthwhile to do this and it does help people. Yeah. Sometimes it's very, very difficult. I go and speak also and uh, it's very difficult to talk about it, bring up yeah. the story over and over and over. But you know what? I talk about Adam. <laughs> I talked about Adam before he died. I mean, people go, yeah, yeah, I know. And now I talk about Adam all the time. So get used to it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Why don't you talk about kind of this whole progression of, you know, how your grief journey was? Because you've done a lot of things now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so obviously, initially, you were just devastated and didn't know how to move forward, I'm sure. Yes. But then you slowly kind of started doing different things. I did. You know, you're you're right. In the beginning, it was just one moment at a time. There was no way to get through anything but just take a breath. And if I could get up and take a shower, that was enough for the day. You know, I yeah. just, oh my gosh, I had no energy. Cotton brain, could not think straight, didn't want to drive. I was afraid to. And everything triggered a memory. I remember going grocery store and seen one of Adam's favorite foods, uh, mini corn dogs in the freezer. And, (laughs) and I, I left the cart full of groceries and I just ran out of that, that grocery sobbing, but we're going to counseling. And that was a big thing I suggest for anybody, either get in a support group or counseling. We found a counselor by one of our friends dropped off the card when our house was full of people right after Adam died. And we called him and we went and saw him and he 
I was wearing a big button with a picture of Adam and me at his wedding. And he said, who's that? And I said, wait, he said, why are you here? And I said, Adam died. And he goes, who's Adam? And I pointed to the picture. He had big tears in his eyes and he started rolling down. He said, you must miss him so much. And that was, yeah. we clicked. We clicked. And I've told people, if you don't find someone like that right away, move on and find another one. Yeah. You don't have to stay with them. But it's so good. You think you don't have anything to say, but it's amazing what comes out. You walk out of there and go, wow, that was a fast hour. So, so yeah, cleansing. Right. So the counseling was a big thing for us, a really big thing. And we didn't start the ministry. Well, we did start the ministry quite soon after Adam died, but it was just for scholarships and that Moody was taking care of that. Moody Bible Institute. Yeah. That I think what happened is that passion in my heart to help others was just there. And I just yeah. wanted to get the word out. I want, I wanted to tell people, look at me. If I can do it, you can do it. It's yeah. I have to tell you, on I'm on a lot of Facebook pages for grieving moms, and and there's some that are like 12 years into it. Someone new will say, "How long is this going to go on? I I just can't even do it. It's been you know three months. Shouldn't it be better?" And people write in and say, "It's been 20 years from me, and I still can't get out of bed." I want to let people know you can get out of bed. You don't need to stay yeah. like that. There's no reason to stay like that. You're not honoring your child when you do that. In the beginning, yeah. it's hard. It's so hard. It is. Hard. But it's not betraying them to get out of bed. No, absolutely. And I think some not. people feel like it is a betrayal to get out of bed. Yep. I My last chapter is I just talked about I've got joy again. It's my life is so different. I've lost so much. And I think that was a big part. After Adam died, I started realizing not at first, but later on how much my life has changed. And you gotta yeah. come to terms with that. You know, I was gonna fly around the world. We were gonna sell our house, buy a condo at 55 years old. Mark was we were 49 when Adam died. We were going to, he was gonna fly us around the world for free, right? In yeah. the cockpit, I'd re- right. be right behind him, just proud as could be. And he, he was going to give us a ton of grandchildren there also. And he was going to bring them over every weekend. We we're going to have picnics. And I just had this vision of the perfect life because he was almost perfect. And that didn't happen. Right. My life isn't like I thought it would be, but my life is good. You know, it's yeah. I'll always miss Adam. I wish he was here sharing it with me. I know where he is and I know I'll see him again. It's taking a little too long for me. But I know see yeah. him again. I know he loved the Lord with all his heart. Yeah. So your question, progression. Yeah. Let's see. Besides grieving heavily at two years after Adam, we we had the scholarship fund set up. And then another year after, I got the idea to help moms and dads and started yeah. that. And I think that was the most healing thing. Oh, another thing we did, we did two fundraisers because we were so into raising money for the scholarship and God opened doors like you would not believe. I, I went to a big embassy suites and I, I said, manager, we want to rent a room. How much are you in charge? She said, what's it for? I told her it's yours. It's free. Opened up this beautiful oh. ballroom. We had a friend that knew a friend that was big band and play, there were trumpeters in there. Went and talked to him. He said, you know what? My son died years ago too. It's free. We'll do it. So we had big band dance. We had, I wrote, people are generous when you write to them and ask for things for a silent auction. Uh-huh. Thomas Kincaid, doorbell not rang. And we went up and it was two UPS guys holding a huge package and brought it down as a hand signed picture. Oh, wow. From Thomas Kincaid? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know telling us that he was thinking about us. So we were able to auction that off, you know, but with $50 tickets. So all of that, the whole time, it was just, the best part was being able to tell about Adam. It was all, everything we did was about Adam. Yeah. Yeah. So when we moved on from that, then we met Lisa and she said to write my journal into a book. And we did that. And from that, we started speaking to people, going out Mm -hmm. speaking at churches. Was that just around the Twin Cities area then? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We did go to one Rochester Compassionate Friends conference, and we were able to speak there. And that was really wonderful because I met a brand new friend there. She's still my, yeah. 
So it was just, I think the whole thing is, I just don't want anyone to forget Adam. And I keep yeah. talking about him and I keep doing things in his memory. I just had just had one of my family members ask me not too long ago, is it okay if we talk about Adam, you know? Well, yes, please. And say his name, please. <laughs> yeah. Gee, well, we don't make you sad. <laughs> it doesn't get so sad anymore. It gets more like, oh, I love hearing his name. So. Yeah. It does get easier. Especially after 26 years. Oh, very much. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. We had a gentleman um, when that runway was in our our street, he came out and he was a neighbor. We'd never met him. He stood next to him at our mark and he said, do you know how far heaven is from here to heaven? And Mark said, no. And he said, from New York, from that coast to that cat, just like that. Heaven's there. And I thought, yeah. well, he was 21 years into it, this guy. And I thought, oh, yeah, not, not me. Okay. <laughs> that can be 21 yeah. years. And here I am. So. And here you I are. Help it. And here you are. I know. I kind of feel that same way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard to want to think that far ahead, isn't oh, it? Yeah, please. I can't do that. I, I just think about day the day what can I do in the day mm-hmm. yeah you can't you can't think out that far I can't I didn't plan on being here this far so I wasn't yeah. thinking about it. I wasn't planning it you know I would never hurt myself I, people thought at first I, I lived at the cemetery some people can't and I lived at the cemetery and I would get there and I would say to Adam I would think about things that I could do to be with him but then always God put that in my mind. If you do that, Linda, think about what you're doing to your parents. They're going to feel just like mm-hmm. you do. And your daughter. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had other kids. Do you have a, you have a daughter? I have a daughter. She's was Adam's best friend. They're besties. And she's 18 months older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She lives close Forest Lake, about 20 minutes away. And she gave us two wonderful grandchildren. That was another thing. Oh, Marcy, when Adam died, Trina was pregnant. My daughter Katrina was pregnant. She had the baby in December. Adam died in August. That baby is what the only thing that helped us survive then because we couldn't wait yeah. to see her. We, she brought us, I said she was our lifeline at that time. She still is. We adore her and our grandson. But yeah, just to have that, oh, that cuddle, that smell, that there was something to look forward to every day. Otherwise, there was nothing. Yeah. There was just nothing to look forward to. So I have two grandchildren. I have Morgan. She's 25. She's getting married in October. Uh-huh. Wonderful fiance. And then I have grandson, Adam. And funny story, he wasn't named after my son, our Trina's brother, she had told her fiance at the time, when we have a child, if it's a boy, I'm going to name him Adam. And, and Chad had said, no, you're not. We're not having two Adams. And she said, then I won't marry you. <laughs> <laughs> there, thus, later, here's Adam, Adam Joseph. And he's 23. He'll be 24 in a few days. And they give us a beautiful, great grandbaby. Oh, wow. It's Levi. Yeah, Levi. So life does move on. It doesn't stop. And um, yeah. you can either live through it and try to find joy in it. I don't want to ever think about, it breaks my heart that people can't see the joy that they're so stuck, you know? Yeah. Because they think it's, it, some people think it's bad to be happy or to have joy or to laugh. I see a lot of women, I wrote it in my journal. I laughed today, Adam. Does that mean I'm forgetting you? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Should I, I shouldn't be laughing. I should be sad every single day. And right. that's not what should Right. Be. It's funny how that guilt does come mm-hmm. those first times that you laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And should I go out with friends and have fun? Heavens, no, I should stay at home and just miss you. I still missed him. And I still did those things. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. You can miss him and do the Absolutely. things. Right? Absolutely. And I think... Moving on and finding joy is such an honor to the memory of your child. Yeah. Really do. I mean, that's the best way you can honor them to say you're so wonderful. I'm going to move on and tell everybody about you. So, yeah. 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 Keep living. Keep living each day. 
even though you don't want to for yourself. Sometimes it's, you know, do it for them, I think. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andy couldn't do these things, so. That's right. Sometimes I need to do it for him. That's right. And I know Adam would be so ticked off at me if I wasn't doing yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> He'd go, Mom, yeah. come on. He yeah. must be proud of your book. Ah, wow. I know, yes. My sister-in-law died a few years back, and she died on August 4th. And she was a huge oh, supporter of our LNF ministries. And I thought, yeah. I can't believe it. She closed her eyes and she opened them. And Adam was there and she was able to tell him everything. Everything. Yeah. 20 years without him and what we've done and that we've survived and that we still talk about him and love him and miss him. I just fallen. I, that's amazing to me. Just amazing that he's yeah. with her and she was able to tell him everything. <laughs> I know, yeah. he, I know he hears oh, it and so sees sweet. it, but to have someone really there, yeah, so. Yeah, you know, you, this is just so timely, this whole conversation. <laughs> no, we just started a scholarship in Andy's name at the school where he is, and we call it the Andy Larson Teammate Award, and we just handed out, handed it out on just this last week. Oh. We awarded that, and she wants to be a pilot, too. Oh. Isn't that beautiful? Oh my gosh. Well, I see the baseball behind you. Was he like a sports yeah. nut? Yeah, yeah, he loved sports. He loved being a member of a team. That was the thing. Mm -hmm. He wasn't really very good at any sports, but gosh, he loved being on a team. And his teammates always loved him because he just was such a supporter and a cheerleader. Yeah. So that's why we made it the Andy Larson Teammate Award. So, um, so every much. year, it's a $5,000 award and oh. 2500 goes to the team and 2500 goes to the student for their college oh. and for their education. What a wonderful ministry you have. So anyway, it's it's it'll be it'll be yeah, and and um and what's crazy too is that it's she just was perfect. She was really yeah. perfect. So you have to be nominated by your coach and then they write a little thing on you and then you write an essay on, you know, what it means to be a good teammate. And so she wrote her essay, which was really very nice. But the, the kicker really was the, the things from the coaches. So, you know, they talked about how she just is such a sweet girl that would always give a birthday card to everybody on their birthday and would always stay to the very, very end to cheer on every last racer was running she was ran cross country and they didn't know this but her dad was dying this last year mm. and her dad was home on hospice and she was at the cross country meet just like she always was cheering on her teammates just like she always did and then just a few days later her dad died Aww. and they were you know all supportive of her and helping her and then a few weeks after that one of the other boys in the cross country team his his older brother died by suicide <sighs> And she was the first one there, the first one to give him a card and a hug and everything. So what a wonderful person. Anyway, she is perfect. Yeah. Another She's Andy, perfect. another Adam. Yeah. Yeah. That was a beautiful choice. And that is a wonderful amount to give someone to get them started. You. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So. So she she wants to fly. I think she her dream would be to go to the Air Force Academy. Sure. And then, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. She's a junior, so Absolutely. she's got another year yet. Oh, that's wonderful. But she's a pretty great kid. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. So anyway, it's been an emotional week. Oh, yes. And congratulations on getting through it. And look how you honored your yeah. son. So much honor there. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a lot to get through. Yeah, it sure is. Yep. It's a lot. But it is a, I mean, I'm glad we did it. And, you know, it's funny because I, I'm so glad to talk to you about how it took you some time before you did some yeah. of these things, right? Yes. Because I was just talking to a mom the other day and it's coming up. Well, now it's been the two year anniversary of her son's death. And she was feeling so bad because she was, had thought about starting a scholarship and she didn't, and she thought about doing this stuff and she didn't. And she's sort of was almost thinking it was too late. <laughs> and huh. I was like, oh, holy cow, no, <laughs> it's not too late. No. I'm just, we're just now coming on five years yeah. and it's the first time I've been able to do it. I mean, 
I look in my bedroom, there sits a pile of Andy's clothes sitting in the corner, still waiting for me to have the courage to pick it up and bring it to my church to have them make it into a quilt mm-hmm. for me, right? Yeah. Because I still can't do it because I still can't have it cut up and it's been five years and it sits. So, you know, don't push yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I love you talking about, you know, after a couple years, you did this. After three years, you started making the baskets because you need to give yourself time. You have to have grace for yourself. You have to. And there's no right or wrong for anything that anyone does. And your clothes in a pile, I I get that. I completely get that. And you one day will say, okay, now it's time. It might be 10 years from now. Right. But right now, it's right. not it time. Might be. It's not time. And it's okay that it was five years or almost yes, yes. before we did the scholarship. I yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, I feel bad that I wasn't able to do it sooner oh. and we weren't able to give it somebody that would have known him because, you know, nobody there knows him now. Sure. Right? Nobody's there. He should have graduated the last year. He he died, you know, the second week of um of orientation so only if only his class knew him and those kids are gone but marcy they do know him from what you're doing but it's what you know it's what we needed and we needed to give ourselves enough time yeah and you're also just letting them know who your beautiful son was they do know him yeah. because of what you're doing right right yeah 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 maybe it's the perfect timing right because yeah. this is the first year that nobody nobody yeah. knows and so you're like you know? okay guess what it's funny too because we handed out the scholarship and I thought I wonder if there were just a few kids there but I thought I wonder if they even knew that Peter had an older brother who died like they might not have even known that yeah. right yeah yeah because we had Peter his younger brother come to the award ceremony too and what's funny is this girl was in Peter's class and they called him out of class early <laughs> and then they called her out of class just mm-hmm. to under the guise that she had to sign some forms yeah. <laughs> and it turns out she obviously didn't have to sign oh, some forms we were having a little awards for her but you know and there was peter <laughs> waiting and she had no idea oh that's why he was called out gosh. was for her how so. fun oh that must have been so exciting for her oh gosh i knew yeah i think oh, so wonderful i think it was a little bit overwhelming <laughs> too yeah, um, yeah. Just because what's funny, too, is one of the the principal kind of said, you know, you really did pick the perfect person because the day before they had had some scholarships go out, some aviation scholarships to try, you know, like mm-hmm. you do, because it costs money to get your pilot's license. Oh. It is not cheap. Okay. And so we have quite a few of those. And originally, that was my first idea was to do an aviation scholarship. But there were so many and I didn't want it to be just one of like... 10 aviation scholarships or something. That's why we made it this teammate award instead. But she said, you know, all these kids got these aviation scholarships to help them get their pilot's license. And she was the only one who came up afterwards and said, could I have the address of every person on the committee? Because I want to send them all thank you. The only kid that did that. And and she was like, so I already love her. You kind of know you had the perfect one. Because, you know, of all of them. Oh, my goodness. That's so beautiful. God put her in your life. And big things are going to happen, I think, with her. Yeah, yeah. It'll be exciting to kind of see. Mm -hmm. Maybe she'll be the one to fly you around the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe so. We had a beautiful thing happen. There was a gentleman, Randy Pentel. He had his own private jet across the runway where Adam was. Adam, the wings that he worked at was this little, like, almost like a shack. You should wrap it in saran wrap. It was so old. And across the the runway, there were beautiful private jets. And this Randy would come over and pull up in his jet. And then Adam would climb in and they'd sit and talk. Uh Adam had told me about this guy. And I just, yeah, okay, that's cool. He's got his own jet. Well, after Adam died, he called us one day and he said, what can I do for you? And Mark said, you know, we were just at the FAA. We found parts of the airplane, went up to the site and we dropped them off. And Linda had a really hard time because the jet and Adam always promised he'd give her a ride. He said, I can make that happen. 
And so he had us meet at South St. Paul Airport. He flew in with this beautiful citation. He said, bring a picture of Adam and bring your recording of his music. And he put that on. We flew. It was Adam's wife, Karen, my daughter and her husband and me. And, uh-huh. and he got in the front seat and he put Adam's picture in the other seat. And he cranked Adam's music and he took off into the sunset. Oh. It's one of the best gifts ever. It was just amazing. Yeah, it was so wonderful. So thoughtful, you know. So the only thing missing was Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like uh, Andy, he, we had this orientation picnic. So all the freshmen go to this picnic before the school year starts. And it's about a month before. And then, so our, the person that founded the school was the DeVos family. Anyway, a lot of people know Betsy DeVos because she was the secretary of education and here recently. But so her husband, they have a helicopter. They have a big helicopter. So they would draw names to see if you would get to go up in the helicopter. And Andy's name was drawn. And what's funny is he, he didn't have his phone when he went to the picnic didn't have his phone so he asked so I took some pictures of him outside of the helicopter and then he asked if he could take my phone on the helicopter and he did and he took videos of himself and of the outside you know as they were traveling all around Grand Rapids in this helicopter so anyway I can still watch those videos of him in the air and hear his voice the beautiful gift you know as he's up in the helicopter i'll tell share a story like that when adam got married mark's brother had given him a video camera and it was one of those huge ones that you put on your shoulder you know (laughs) right back in the 90s yeah so adam stopped by on their way to their honeymoon which they're just going up north northern minnesota and said can i take the video cam sure of course we gave it to him and he videotaped so many things on his honeymoon like they stayed at bnb in stillwater the first night and uh-huh. he showed he's he's walking through with his camera and he's like he said mom you would love this place because i used to love antiques and oh, uh-huh this one mom oh and then he gets in front of a mirror and he shows his ring he goes woo, married it's it's such a gift to be able to watch that yeah it just and we've got one of him goofing around with trina his sister just he's actually holding her and flying her around you know holding her up in the air screaming (laughs) but i could watch it over and over and over yeah those are good those are gifts boy so do you still have contact with his wife we do we love her she this is a weird story my daughter Katrina is married to Chad. Chad's best friend was Scott. Scott was home on leave from the army. He's a Blackhawk helicopter pilot. And um, Uh Katrina called and said, do you think it'd be okay to introduce Karen to him? And selfishly, I thought, well, sure. He's in Tennessee. She's not going to see him again. Yeah, go ahead. Bowl with him. So they went bowling and (laughs) out for pizza and came back. And one look at Karen's face, and I knew she was glowing, and so was Scott. And sure enough, they fell hard in love. That was in September, February, they got married. So how long after after his death then? Let's see. They've been married 17 years, so five years. Okay. So it was several years after. It was so hard for me. She wanted us so badly to come to the wedding, and I just couldn't. I said, first of all, I'll ruin it. I'll just be crying the whole time, you know, make yeah, but just to see her walking down the aisle again, not yeah, Adam was too too much. So yes, yeah, we do stay in touch with her. Um, she ended up having her first child died in vitro. She Scott was in the army, and she was pregnant, and they found out the baby's esophagus was attached to the heart, and it wasn't gonna. Oh wow! And they wanted to abort it, and she said no. And so she didn't carry it until I think it was five months. And then she became very ill. So they had to induce. So after that, I saw her one day. We were together, I think, at a memorial for Adam. And she sat down next to me and she had a little necklace with a, a footprint on a little tiny one. And she said, she kissed it like this. And she said, now I understand what you're going through. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she had three more children after that. And one left to graduate. The other one just graduated. And um, Scotty is no longer a pilot. He gave that up. He was in Iraq twice. And then he became a Uh pilot for a medical team, you know, carrying transplants and that. And he isn't doing that now. So, yeah, I used to hold my breath thinking marrying another pilot. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, right. She's right. exactly what Adam wanted. She works part-time at the school in the kitchen and she's at home mom and she's just exactly what Adam would want. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he picked a good one. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Well, tell people how they can get a hold of your book now. Amazon.com. Uh-huh. Uh, the book is titled Healing Reflections for a Grieving Mom's Heart. And it's absolutely stunning on the front. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yes. That is beautiful. And inside, I have little short insights on things. At the end of each one, I have something that they can do. Okay. Here's one right here. Why do people say such things? Okay. So then I just, it's two pages long. It's very short. But at the end, I've had, take a moment for yourself. Was there a particularly unkind or ignorant remark made to you that really stung, yet you never had a chance to respond to it in the way you wish you had? It may help you move past that hurt and feel and feel some closure to it by writing in the space below what you would kindly say to that person if you had the chance to relive the moment. So there's a big spot for them to journal. And then at the end, I always do a receive for your heart strength. And it's Bible verses. And this one was, may the Lord direct your hearts in God's love and Christ's preservance. And pleasant words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So that's what each chapter is. Just a little insight on what I went through. I I constantly let them know that what they choose is okay. Our counselor told us right in the beginning, it's the best thing I was ever told. I two things. One was, it's okay. I did. I couldn't wear lipstick. And he said, why not? And yeah. I said, I don't know. I can't, I can't get lipstick on. And he said, then don't. He said, whatever you choose to do is okay, Linda. It's your grief. It's nobody else's grief. And as long as you're not hurting yourself, it's okay. Choose what you want to do. If you want to climb a bed and keep the conversation for the day, if you want to go to a movie, call, it's okay. It's your grief. Best advice. Second advice. Yes was we met some friends that were our previous neighbors. They had a little two and a half year old die in her sleep. And they said, the best advice, you can't lean on a broken fence and you're both broken. Yeah, You just can't lean on each other. And that's in my thing. How do men grieve differently than women? And I have one for siblings because siblings are the forgotten grievers. Oh my goodness. For sure. They're never remembered. This was like always, how are you? How's Mark? How's Karen? You know? Yeah. Very often, how's Katrina doing? Getting the words out. Let's see. I'll just go really quickly through this thing. I have a lot of endorsements. The first few weeks, learning to cope with our loss, understanding the stages of grief. Why do people say such things? Why does the weather affect us the way it does? Where did our friends go? How do we still praise God when we're so sad? Finding support in our time of need. Grief's physical impact on our bodies. I know so many people that, oh boy, their dad will grieve differently. Allowing our other children to grieve. And what do we do with their belongings? And then the second part is about growing through our loss. And it's getting the words out, responding to triggers, noticing the miracles, continuing to celebrate the birthdays. Reclaiming their identity, rediscovering your purpose, realizing joy doesn't mean you've forgotten them, allowing yourself to keep dreaming and focusing on the beauty of life. And that's the (laughs) It's very short. Well, I love it. Thank you so much. So, so much, Linda, for sharing and for writing to me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad you answered. And I was so excited when you said, this must be a God moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right that's he's right. in the picture all the time <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you
Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful and would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.